Hiya pals, this is the Street Rat of Source Wrestling Manlin, and you're listening to the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Podcast. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Daniel Campbell, and I am joined here by my guest at this time. He is the Street Rat of Source Wrestling, now known as the King of the Streets. It's Manlin. Manlin, how are you doing? Hiya pal, thank you very much for having me, and I'm doing very well today. Great to hear that. We'll just get into a wee bit of the quick housekeeping before we continue on. So, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. While you're at it, why not go on over to our YouTube page? We've just recently uploaded the Quiz Showdown special hosted by yours truly. It's actually alright, you can give it a good watch. And you can find our back catalogue on Spotify. Also, our extra feed, Suplex Retweet Extra, is available there as well and on all other good podcasts and sites. And if you want more information about the podcast, please head over to suplexretweet.com. Now, Manlon, we'd like to we like to start our interviews with a nice general question just to ease us in. So we'll do no different here. We will ask this question to get you started. So why do you love wrestling and what was your inspiration to get into the wrestling business? Well, uh, I think I... I'm just trying to think how to say this so it doesn't sound like everyone else's answers. Uh, I started wrestling, watching wrestling when I was about... About five or six, maybe. Like, uh, I specifically remember the toys being a big thing. Toys and the games, and uh, these. I think it was. Uh, it was mainly Kane and Undertaker. I think it mainly got me into wrestling because uh, they. I think literally the Kane figure might have jumped at me in, in the toy shop one day. Because he was a guy, he's like, he was like seven foot. I think he's like six. six about six, eight in real life. But anyway, so he's a big, he's a big guy. Uh, this amazing look, this sort of, it looks like a, you know, a villain from like something like G.I. Joe or something that jumped out at me. And uh, so yeah, I just started watching wrestling through that as it became like, I played video games and then I started watching it on, uh, started watching Heat on, you know, Sky One in the mornings. Uh, and all throughout my life, wrestling was that sort of uh, safety blanket almost. Like, no matter how bad a day I had, because I've been very open that I've got. Uh, depression, anxiety, and multiple other sort of issues, but uh, wrestling was always a you know a safe space for me. I could, no matter how bad a day I had, I could go back and watch wrestling. And just through that, naturally, sort of my fandom grew, and I started getting into everything I could about wrestling. Uh, and then one day, I started listening to the Art of Wrestling podcast by Colt Cabana, and there it, mo- it was giving interviews about wrestlers' lives and how they got into it. And one particular jumped at me was an interview with Sammy Callahan. And Sammy Callahan was talking about how when he started training, he was a bit bigger. He was, you know, quite fat. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really skinny. I was, I, I was six foot one and eight stone. So that'll give you an idea how skinny I was. And that interview given me a sort of think like, you know what, I could, I could probably go for it. And. The school came around at a very good time in my life because I was in a bad place. I recently I left school quite a few years prior. And I didn't have any like qualifications. I uh, didn't make it into college that year. I just didn't have anything going on in my life at the time. I just figured, why not? What have I got to lose? You know. Uh, worst comes to worst, I can just t- it means I can tell people that I've I tried wrestling one time. And I went to one session in August of 2012, and here I am eight years later. And you've certainly done some incredible work in the time since then. I would like to ask, uh, what was it like that first time you got into the ring? Do you mean like in training or sort of debut time? Uh, we could say in training and in debut, like if there's any thoughts you have on both those occasions. Uh, well, both of them absolutely terrified, but uh, I remember... I had my first session in this school and it was me and I was taken to the side by uh, Jam O'Malley and I struggled to do like uh, card work like I beforehand I didn't I hardly done any physical exercise you know uh, I'm asthmatic so I always avoided you know gym class in school and so I struggled to do it but uh, I pushed myself through to do it you know what I could and then doing back bumps, doing front bumps, trying all that sort of stuff. It was agony the first time, but really under there it sort of lit, lit a fire, you know? Knowing that I wanted to 
people do this or you know i found it just fun and crazy that i was actually doing this you know wrestling thing because it seemed so far away at first and then i remember at my debut oh that was back in 16th of march 2014 uh, I was against uh, Craig Byers, or Mr. Byers, who is one of the unsung heroes of Scottish wrestling who doesn't get enough credit. I remember shiting myself backstage. <laughs> oh, I was terrified. Uh, I was so, like, I went over the match with them maybe 20, 30 times in my head just to get it right. And I was so focused on doing everything good that, or everything, you know, not forgetting a thing that I really wish I. Like nowadays, I'm a lot more relaxed. Like I'll go over the match quite a lot of times, but then I'll be able to take a breather and maybe be a bit looser, so I can like interact with crowds. I can interact with my opponent. I can do stuff on the fly. But back then, I was so scared and so worried about everything that I didn't feel that I'd taken it in as much as I could have. I was still extremely emotional after the match, and it was it was great. But I wish I was a bit more relaxed then, if you know what I mean. But I guess that come that comes over time, you know. Going in the ring for the first time it is going to be a, a daunting task when this is your first crowd that you're going to be performing in front of. Uh, looking back on that first match, is there any advice that you would give yourself if you were able to? Uh, again, just relax. Like uh, nowadays, when you wrestle, when I wrestle at least, it's when I hear uh, the crowd, it almost feels like a safety blanket to me. If you get what, if this sounds weird, so I know I've got a re- there'll be a reaction if I, you know. If I come out and do my entrance, that means I can have fun during my entrance. I can get, try and get crowd invested. I can try and get them caring about me, which is, yeah, as someone who gets beaten up a lot, it's one of the most important things to me. But if I could tell myself to relax and be able to take it in and be a bit... Because back then I remember, because uh, Mr. Byers himself was a big character in wrestling, so he'd be mouthing off with the crowd. And I was so nervous, I would just stand there going, uh, you know, because I didn't have it, I couldn't think of anything, you know. And I think just being able to relax and take it easy would be the biggest thing I could say to myself. Well, you've came a long way since the the debut match that you spoke of, and you eventually established your name as the street rat of Source Wrestling. But then you became the king of the streets when you defeated Sean Walker in a street fight. Uh, talk us through that match and what it's like now to be the king of the streets. Well, uh first thing I, I like to really think of is like if you look at like the way I like to think of it is if you look at my career my, my career my wrestling you know sort of time if you look at it as a straight line it should make sense from A to B to C you know like that sort of thing mm-hmm. so originally I started out doing the you know the manliest of all men gimmick where I was uh, the way I sort of described it is I was overconfident and over, you know, excited. That was the thing. I was very like, I'd rush it head first into danger and get destroyed. You know, that was uh, my sort of idea on it. And then when I started teaming with Dalen, that whole sort of thing just evolved from there. And then I felt that there was a turning point when me and Dalen starts we taking a wee break from teaming. That's kind of where the street rat came from because I thought, what would this character, what would Manlin, be the next logical step for him to do? And that would be, well, he's abandoned, he's got nothing. Eh, he's homeless now, you know, it was just to give him that sort of change because I think every now and then a wrestler can needs to change himself a little bit. Even if it is different colour gear or a different mannerism or whatever. And I felt that was a bit of time. So that's where Street Rat came from. I was still doing the sort of more comedy-based stuff, but it was with a different context and a different style a lot. And I started bringing in more sort of brawling and, you know, being a more aggressive wrestler. And then when I started feuding with Sean Walker, who again is absolutely fantastic and deserves all the love in the world, and uh, uh, we had a couple of series of matches and it just clicked. And then he pitched uh, the King of the Streets match, which was like this no DQ serious uh, match, this you know serious street fight, and I was all up for it. Then with that match, that was when the comedy stuff was almost completely taken out. Then this was like, right, Manlin's complete, completely serious, at least for this point. So after that match, that was when the King of the Streets moniker came around. So instead of being the the comedy funny guy, I was just this more dangerous wrestler, I guess. 
with a completely different context. Like, I can still be funny, but uh, now the way I look at it now is I'm a lot more of a threat, if that makes sense, because Malin's a lot more established as this scary, crazy character, you know? But at the time, the match was honestly one of my favourite matches because Sean was absolutely fantastic in wrestling. He was, uh, that was a f- I think that showcase, we were just willing to go all out. Uh, I remember I showed up and he, had, he just said, oh, I found a trolley. I'm like, cool, <laughs> using a trolley. Uh, so we thought, how will we make ourselves stand out? And that was right at the start of the match. He get, I throw him out, I go for a suicide dive and bang, chair to the face, you know? Then we were just thinking, how can we escalate it so I mean that's where the trolley shots came in from that's where the suplex onto the chairs came from and that was just as a way to sort of stand out from the pack because a lot there was a lot of wrestling matches on that show and they were all f- fantastic like, right, how can we be different from everything else in this card and at the same time do this feud justice and I remember my parents were actually there and we were brawling almost right beside my was my mum dad and my sister and my fiance that were there and I remember when I suplexed them onto the chairs, I came up to my dad afterwards, I was limping and I was dying. My dad just went, those chairs were fake. Like, <laughs> can you not see the bruises all over me? And my mum, from that whole night, the only thing she said to me afterwards, she was like, your match was good, but I'm Matt Daly guy's really funny. Oh no. So, <laughs> so Matt Daly is now my mother's favourite wrestler because she finds him hilarious. And but you're, yeah, you're just looking like, uh, what, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah, I'm like... Uh, yeah, Matt is mum's favourite wrestler, but uh, yeah, I'm very proud of that match, uh, I think. And it's a shame uh, Sean retired when he did, because we could have done a lot more, you know? There's still at the scope for, like, the, the only trajectory that you're going right now is up, and I've even seen that in person uh, most recently at the last showcase show we were able to attend before uh, the lockdown situation started. Um, your match with Mikey Whiplash was absolutely incredible not just from thank, a thank you very much you're very welcome not not just from an entertainment standpoint but also from a technical wrestling standpoint the two of you put on an absolute classic well that's i was i was wrestling one of the best wrestlers in you know britain so i i kind of knew in that fact like as long as i could pull my own weight i was gonna have a good match with him and uh but thank you very much. That's the one thing I was really worried about was when I found out I was wrestling uh, Whippy. I was like, right, the match could be good. I just need to try and remember it, but also I need to try and keep up with him on the the jokes, the you know one-liners, that sort of stuff. Because that's when that's when that's when you can really look like an idiot next to Whippy. Because if he can if he can slag and you have no comeback, <laughs> it, it's, the crowd's gonna be almost completely on his side because he's the funny guy. So I was like, right, I need to try and hold my own here. And again, I've watched that match back, and I'm really proud of it as well. Like, uh, of course, I was in there with Mikey Whiplash. Of course, I was going, you know, going to have a very good match. But thank you very much for those kind words. No problem. It was like one of my favourite spots in the match was uh, you get into a, a headlock takedown on the mat, and Whippy manages to escape it, and then gets you in a headlock, mm-hmm. and then and. It's one of the few times I've got to actually witness a wrestling class. <laughs> he stops he stops the headlock and shows you how to get out of it and then pulls it back on just like, right, try now. That, that, that was like completely unplanned on the fly, but I was very, very proud of that as well because uh, the thing is, Whippy, uh, when he was shouting, that's, that's, that's not a triangle, that's a line. I was genuinely trying to do a triangle. <laughs> so you, that gives you a sort of view into what this wrestling, you know, what uh, sort of teacher-student relationship me and Whippy have. But that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's things like that that I can really sort of think back and point out, and that's special, because I always think to myself, like, what will people remember in matches? Like, I can try all these, you know, intricate sort of reversals and intricate sort of moves, but at least to, like, it's like my, it's like, when my parents come, they won't really remember a big sort of move, but they might remember, uh, you know, Matt Daly being funny and getting kicked, you know? <laughs> so, and Whippy's absolute genius of that, you know? So it was, uh, yeah, it was, that's one thing that always stands out to me. That, the uh, the watermelon bit, of course. The, oh, yes. Uh, 
<laughs> the bit where the bit where I had the screwdriver going into the inhaler, you know, sort of, and then just the whole bit before, which my goal was just to try and break Whippy, which. <laughs> yep, you succeeded. <laughs> and obviously, just make sure that, like, just make people laugh and make sure people have a good time because that's what I come to wrestling to see. Oh, it's it's the hardest I have laughed at a wrestling show. So I have you and Whippy to thank for that. Thank you both very much for that. Thank you. Now, you, you did you did you did bring him up earlier on, so. I would just like to ask, you did team up previously with Dalen Hendry, uh, forming the team manager, I believe is what you said the team name was? Master Wrestling, yeah. Uh, yeah, Master Wrestling, yeah. We have noticed some tweets between the two of you. Is manager something the two of you are thinking of revisiting in the future? Well, the thing is, with me and Dalen, like, uh, we met when we were in both 19 years old. God, that's so long ago. Oh, I'm so old. <laughs> but... Uh, so and we just sort of clicked all of a sudden like I was us you know instantly uh, and training together you know hanging out together and that sort of evolved into a team and when we first initially started teaming it was because it was to help our weaknesses it was because I wasn't the best like in ring while Dylan was a bit weaker at the time in character work so uh, at the time we both saw it helped each other's weaknesses but accentuated each other's uh, strengths uh, since then we've both evolved way back like you know he's a fantastic wrestler and he's got a good, really good character as well and I'm alright I guess but uh, I guess m- maybe if there's a if there's a spot for a wacky weird duo then I guess so it's funny because com- when we started originally I was the funny guy and Dalen was a completely serious guy. And since then, I've noticed like we were wrestling up in Kate Ness a while, like about a couple of years ago, and it's completely changed dynamic now. Now here's the weir- he's the weird wacky guy, and I'm the more sort of grounded like it's this guy Dane. Why am I team with you? Why do I like you? You know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if there's a spot for us, then I guess so. Like, but Dalen's came so far recently, like with everything in his life, like I think just growing up so much that we'll need to rethink the dynamic a bit you know I guess it would make for a new spin on the manager team compared to last time for death for, for sure I mean we, we had a match against the working men's club last year which was a lot of fun which they're a team I'm very looking forward to working once this you know this passes because they've got a very unique style like their matches are less are less wrestling and more you know like uh, slapstick comedy very much in the, the vein of like your uh, Three Stooges and all that sort of style, and I think given like the creativity that me, Matt, you know, me, Dalen, uh, Matt, and Fuzzy have, like we could go, we could do a lot with that. Uh, but yeah, if there's a spot open for Master Wrestling, then I'm sure we'll take it, and I'm sure uh, we're gonna be sniffing around those tag belts. Maybe after the tournament, maybe a wee bit, but we'll pick our, we'll pick and choose our time, I guess. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. No, don't hold me to it because if we don't, then nothing. We've both got very low attention spans, so <laughs> we might get distracted by something else. You might you might get distracted by uh, Scott McManus pulling out a hairbrush from his work his work overalls. <laughs> so going back Recently on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, you appeared on an episode we did on mental health with myself, uh, Alan McLucas in the host chair, uh, Quacker Aji, David Hockney and uh, Strack. And we've had some very good feedback from that particular show. I certainly enjoyed being able to record it and uh, hear everyone's views on the topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on the show since we've done it and have you had any feedback from your colleagues? I was very, very thankful to be on the show and very happy to be able to, like, you know, spread my my point of view on it. Which, but I'm like, I was very happy for it. Like, there's uh, especially now, like, I've noticed a lot more people opening up about mental health issues, and that's really good because mental health for years, years has been under, you know, people haven't thought about it in the same way that we do now, and that's 
affected some people a lot more and I think now especially with the horrible situation we're all in mental health is becoming a much bigger deal for a lot of people which um, if, even if one person listens to that podcast and doesn't feel so alone then I've done my job you know it's uh, it was really good to be able to talk and give my sort of experiences and uh, thoughts about mental health and its portrayal and the way it's uh, you know seen by other people and you know that was that was just a really thank a really thing I was very thankful for because mental health is something that people should talk about more it's uh, and I think a lot of it is a lot of self like for example when I first remember having a really bad bout of mental health I wasn't reaching out to anyone I wasn't doing anything because I felt like I was you know, to you know, a bit of an inappropriate word with crazy. I felt like I was, you know, broken. If you know what I mean. But uh, like I've I've came to realise that mental health is something that everyone deals with, and it's not anything to be ashamed of. And again, if hope if one person even you know feels a bit better after listening to that or listening to you know my silly ramblings, then it's the most important thing in the world to me. What we spoke about on that show and. Like what you said on it, it has, like it, it really did resonate with me afterwards because I've I've been in the same boat having, uh, like the last couple of years I've my, I myself have had severe anxiety so, like it was, it was all it was oddly reassuring to hear, like the stories of everyone else that way because, a lot of people will very quickly feel, kind of alone and isolated, when mm-hmm. they get into, a bad place and, knowing that there's always going to be someone there who can just talk to you or even something that you can put on and just lose lose yourself in it and it'll it'll help you know maybe help you forget about things help you like maybe can put things in perspective and it was it was i will admit it was a it was a great privilege to have done that show with you so i'd like to say thank you again for uh, taking part on that show with me thank you very much and uh, thank you for sharing that with me. I know it, can, it takes a lot to put yourself out on a public platform like this, especially opening up in a way like that, which is really brave. And uh, you know, and, and honestly, just way like all the other wrestlers I've seen, like on Twitter and all the other wrestlers I've seen on, uh, I've met in person that are a lot more open about mental health and how it affects them. They're doing so much to help to help uh, the public perception of mental health, which is you know. Which has still got a long way to go, but is ever you know, it's getting better every single day. Again, thank you very much for sharing that with me. No problem. I was like, I was kind of kicking myself way after doing the episode because I was like, I didn't get to say, I didn't really say as much as I would have liked to. I think it's it's very, it's it's difficult to open up, especially when there's like such a larger group if you know what I mean because mm-hmm. the whole thing I was doing is like I was sitting thinking to myself like, I'm, I'm talking shit for like ages here <laughs> I'll give someone else a turn you know <laughs> but uh, but yeah it's very it's, again it's very very brave for you to say it on a you know a podcast that can go out to you know hundreds if not thousands of people you know that's true there'll be a lot of people out there uh, aspiring to either take up wrestling as a hobby or as a career if you were to pass on a message for any aspiring wrestlers out there listening to this, uh, what would that advice be? Honestly, my biggest bit of advice would be just go for it. Like, if I can be a wrestler, anyone can, you know? It's uh, like, if you want to go to WWE and make it your full-time job or go to New Japan or go to AEW or go Ring of Honor or anywhere else, that's well within anyone's, you know, uh, ability. You know, like, anyone can uh, using a work hard, like, well, you have to work extremely hard. Like, I've seen some of the guys in Source that are wanting to go a bit further with it, and you know they're doing amazing. And there's definitely a lot more opportunities than what there were. But at the same time, if you if you want to do it as a hobby, that's absolutely fine. Don't feel bad for it because you know I, I felt I felt bad for years about it because I didn't want to go anywhere. But uh, that's not a problem. Like I like I don't I don't know I don't think I'm nearly good enough to go to you know your places all the other places but I'm perfectly happy see if I get one or two bookings a month for the rest of my life or the rest of my wrestling time I'm absolutely happy doing that like sources 
like source specifically i forget our that's great as well but source is like a a, a place i can go and as soon as i go in there nothing else matters whether it be going for a show or going to training or whatever or going to flyer all i know is as soon as i meet these people or as soon as i go into that gym and shut the door nothing else matters for the next while because i'm gonna have to i'm gonna dress up i'm gonna go batter someone i'm gonna have fun you know and i'm gonna hopefully have a lot of people having fun with me but like so like wrestling's you know it's it's my way to get away from everyone else in the world and that's absolutely fine like that's you know that's not a problem so but if you want to go further then absolutely you know again i'm not the most uh I'm not the expert on this. I'm just doing what I'm doing, so I can tell you about what I'm doing. But I don't know anything about like you know going further afield. But I know that there is opportunities there, and people are going for it, you know. And all the work, all the best to them, like. But all I know is I'm just having fun doing it, and that's all I really care about. Now, fun's always the main thing. You have there has to be fun in there, otherwise, yeah, you know, it, it's if there's no fun, then it's what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Like it's. I think, Sorry, I think my sort of, I think when I was younger, I was really sort of like, oh, I'm gonna go W. But then as soon as I started, like as I got a bit older, like uh, when I debuted, six months after I debuted, I met my fiance, and I started my career. Like I started working in care, which is my, which is my sort of career path. And uh, since then, my what I've wanted has really changed. You know, so right now my main focus is my family. Like me, my fiance, and my dog, and my job and stuff like that. And wrestling is wrestling's still a huge part of my life. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like that's not my career. That's my hobby. That's my you know time away. That's my uh, weekend sort of thing. You know, and it's still amazing that I get to do it. But it's not my career. I'm not hoping for it as a career. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. But again, there's plenty of opportunities, and people, you know, there's certainly enough talent in Scotland. My God, t- Scotland has blown up with talent in the last, you know, about eight years or ten years. You know, it's amazing the amount of talent that's out there. So, other companies come with your checkbook and just take them all up because they're all willing to go. Mm. Now, when when this lockdown situation is over and wrestling shows are able to resume, what's next for the King of the Streets? What's next for the King of Streets? I, I have no clue. Uh, I was really gutted. I was meant to be wrestling in Kirk and Tillock, which, pulling back the curtain, that's where I live. You know, I was very, like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> but uh, but that was, uh, that, that's where I live, and I was very excited to wrestle in, you know, my, what's not my hometown, I wasn't born there, but, you know, where I live and in front of friends and family. And it was, I was really looking forward to the match I was going to have, but unfortunately, you know, hands of fate and virus and stuff you know so ho- hopefully I'll get a chance to wrestle on Kirk and Tillock again uh, and on my phone I've actually got a wee check a wee list which is things I want to do and it's like your usual like wrestle and import main event a show win a title uh, but at the bottom of it it's uh, be creatively fulfilled and that's if I can get to a point where I'm sure any kind of like artist you know like my fiance's got hate because she is an artist she's got to hate me saying that but any sort of actor you know any sort of painter any sort of writer any sort of you know anyone that ha- has a creative side to them wants to get to a point where they're creatively happy with the output they're get- they're putting out and that's my main goal that's what i want to reach even if it takes a year or 20 year i'll get there eventually i want to be happy completely 100 percent happy with what i'm putting out as wrestling you know or my you know my whole you know the whole thing about Manlin I want to be creatively happy with that so that's my end goal is just be creatively happy with how I'm wrestling how I look how I'm you know acting how the crowd are reacting to me everything just be perfectly happy with that that sounds very good now going into this last part of the interview uh, we like to do a little quick fire series of questions I'll read out some quick questions and you just give me like the first thought you have about that no problem Rock or Austin? Uh, rock. I, when I was younger, I would have said Austin, but as I've got older, I've, admi- I've at least in the in-ring work and the whole sort of anything, I've came to like rock a bit more. Mm. Nothing. Austin's bad. I just enjoy the rock a wee bit more. Yes, that's fair enough. Uh, Trish or Lita? 
I think any sort of guy who was sort of gothy punk rocker when they were younger, you know, preferred Lita when they were younger. A night in or a night out? Well, uh, I'm old and boring, so a night in. But I, when I was younger, I used to love going out, and but then I gave up drinking and got old, so night in. Me, my dog, and my PS4. There we go. I take it that might answer the next question PlayStation or Xbox? PS4. Like, I collect uh, games. I, I, that's what I, I do as well as wrestling. I collect video games. Mm. And uh, I, I just collect, like, whatever interests me. Like, I've got some really weird games there, but uh, I've got. I was where I had a 360 last generation, and I missed out on a lot of games that I, would, I really like to look off on PS3, so I'm, just, I'm sticking with PlayStation for now. And plus, the Xbox One doesn't seem to interest me as much. Yeah, it's not really, it's not really garnering any attention for me. I'll, I'll stick to the PS4. I'm happy with that. I think it's just the exclusives. Like, there's good games on there, but both they're coming out on both. You know, like, uh, like I'm mean, at the big one that, uh, to me is like the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is PS4 exclusive mm-hmm. at least for a while. And then I think before there was like Spider-Man, there was a Shadow of the Colossus remake, there was uh, like Last of Us is a big one as well. These are all PS4 exclusives. Yeah. While the Xbox was like, we've got Halo and Gears of War, games I wasn't really interested in. So yeah, I'll go to PS- PS4. <laughs> I'll take that any day. Uh, so sticking with, the, pl- with the, pl- the PS4 and even any other console you've played, what's your favourite wrestling game? It's a hard one. Uh, there's a lot of good, good ones I have. Like, I've got really good memories of playing uh, WrestleFest with uh, uh, Glenn Dunbar. Not WrestleFest. I can't remember what one it is. It's either WrestleFest or the other one. They're very similar games. But I remember playing it at a wee arcade table with him, with him. And that was a lot of fun. So WrestleFest is one of them. But I think I've got to go with Here Comes the Pain. Or, like, oh, WWE 2K14 was pretty good. Mm. And the thing is, like, I bought 2020... In a, bar- in like a bargain before all this started thinking I'm going to be inside I'll play a wrestling game because I can play them and oh that was a mistake oh that was a mistake yeah <laughs> and shout out to Billy ScottRest.net I know it's not you know easy to use 2K20 but he's made quite a lot of source guys and quite a lot of other Scottish wrestlers thank you Billy Billy uh, died for our sins <laughs> my god uh, working with 2K20 is ridiculous it's so bad it's it was particularly bad around New Year when um, it, it wasn't just it wasn't just two K twenty. It was also a, num- a number of other games. Like it happened on uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for me, but a number of games actually stopped working at midnight on the first of January. Or were they white? They white two K themselves because they couldn't realize how to go into a new year. I think pretty much, yeah. Oh god, I think especially when two K twenty doesn't work in the year twenty twenty. But but oh, it was a bad one. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not a games, you know. I don't design game stuff. I've got pals that work in that sort of industry, but Jesus Christ, how does that even work? You know. Uh, I I was I'd probably pack it in after like a day. I, I think I got through the story mode, and between the horrendous writing, the it just feels like it, I don't know how, but it feels like you're playing the game underwater. It's so slow and so unresponsive, and oh, but then you get something like Here Comes the Pain, which is probably my favourite one. Uh, like I gave it, I can give that to my fiance who does. She politely puts up with wrestling. Uh, she'll play that, and she's picked it up like that because it's so simple to pick up. Or another one, WWE All Stars is absolutely fantastic. She can pick that up easy. But then you give her two K twenty, and it's just slow and boring. And oh, the only reason I'm playing it is because well, the only reason I played it is because I'm a wrestling fan. But even then, that only lasted a you know couple of weeks, and I was like, eh, I think this is a bit shit. You know, turn you off. Yeah, but, but yeah, uh, here comes the pain's probably number one for me with like All Stars, WrestleFest, and maybe Two K Fourteen like behind it. Yeah, I was I was a big fan of Two K Fourteen. I never once was able to beat Undertaker and defeat the streak mode. Oh, I've tried so much. Uh, I was actually playing it not that long ago because I was just going through my three sixty games, and it's as soon as he does that lights out thing. And he just gets a finisher straight away and nails you with a tombstone. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's impossible. I'm sure it's possible, but yeah. Maybe the the answer all along was that we just had to play as Brock Lesnar, but in like try and max him out somehow. Favorite tattoo, if any? Uh, not not a tattoo guy. I'm absolutely terrified of needles. I'll 
yeah, like I've got tons of power surf tattoos and they all look really nice, but I'm just not a tattoo guy at all. What would you say is your favourite cheat day meal? I'm not a, I'm not a diet guy, so cheat day is really every day for me, but nothing better than just a, a roast chicken dinner. Well, Kwaku would happily spend a whole night talking about his roast dinners that he would like to make. Oh. So, I'll yeah. get him to make me one at the next horse show. Yeah, he'll just need to make one and then just be like, okay, here's one for you, and can you pass that among the rows over there, and can you please shut that door? <laughs> Who's your dream opponent? Oh. Right, so if it was my dream opponent, I'd want to wrestle a guy who would... Oh, I'm trying to think. There's a lot of ones I'd love to wrestle, but if I've got a time machine, then I think we're going. I'm going NWA champion, Eva Ric Flair. Because he's a, he'll go like 60 minutes, he'll make me look amazing, and... If you watch a lot of Ric Flair ones, it was a lot of time with his, him getting barred and him eking out a victory, whether it be timeout or he'd like injure the leg. Is like you're you're going through this big sequence and then he'll just hit you with a chop block at somewhere, you know. So I'd, you know, he'd make you look amazing and then just eke out a victory. And but, oh, I just need to think about resting that 60 minutes. Oof. But yeah, I'd probably say Rick, NWE or Ric Flair. If for absolute dream points, yeah. Mm, good choice. Who would you put on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Mm, Mount Rushmore, let me think. So, if this is just talking my personal fandom, which obviously, if we're talking like the most important people in wrestling, you'd have to say like your Bruno Sammartino's, your, uh, you know, uh, well, I forgot the names like the Stardust Trio, you know, guys that sort of help set up wrestling in mm. the, you know, guys like that, but. For my personal fandom, like guys who got me into wrestling and really sort of shaped my view or you know sort of experience in wrestling, I'd have to say like Kane, that sort of era from getting me into wrestling through so those like colourful big characters. Uh, we think who else? Who Ric Flair for being one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, for getting me into like more. For really nowadays, for what kind of wrestling I watch, what wrestling I really like, guys like Terry Funk has got to be there, that sort of style. Like that. So, and then I want probably, oh, let me think, probably Mick, probably Mick Foley, because he's the one that really sort of introduced me to, like, it's no secret and source that I love, I, I love deathmatch wrestling. Uh, and my first experience with that was like Royal Rumble 2000. And that's really what sort of got me into that style of wrestling. So yeah, it's got. A, I'd probably say Mick Foley's on there. So it's Kane, Foley, Funk, and Flair. That's like my personal fandom. Like my, you know, favorite. Like my Mount Rushmore. Very, very, varied. Uh, a varied selection there. I like the sound of that. What's your favorite wrestling pay per view? Oh, my favorite pay-per-view is it's actually a toss-up. I've got quite a few. Uh, I'm thinking it's got to be either like Royal Rumble 2000 is one of them. It's my absolute favourites because out of, just due to like the mat, you know, the matches, the uh, quality in-ring work, and like I think it opens up with Taz Taz's debut against Kurt Angle, which is absolutely fantastic. Like, it's a very short and sweet match. It's um, really, really good and one of the best debuts ever. Uh, then we've got my my opinion the best table match ever with the the Dudleys versus the Hardys and my favourite camera shot in wrestling which is uh, Devon's line on a table Matt jumps off the top rope like a table on the outside and he jumps off and Devon rolls it away Matt goes through the table Devon then rests against the table at ringside that's like up against the barrier and then Jeff does a suicide dive through it and Devon moves it away but the whole time the camera's like moving back with Devon and it's absolutely a, it's a fantastic shot and one of my favourite rumbles and of course the uh, Mick Foley the Triple H match which is fantastic like probably one of the best street fights in WWE history or in my opinion wrestling history uh, which I think what else is up there another show that has a, has a big a big bit in my heart is uh, Death, Before, Death Before Dishonor 4 uh, with Ring of Honor which was the uh, culmination of Ring of Honor versus CZW in that big cage of death match which is one of my favourite feuds in wrestling history 
so yeah it's got a pop but I'd probably say Royal Rumble 2000 is my favourite very very good choice uh, what, what, where would you say is your favourite venue to perform in I've been lucky enough to perform in quite a few different venues like uh, I remember there was oh, I can't remember the name of it one, I think it's the Legion Hall in Caithness was real. It was amazing because it was, uh, it just it had like a whole big lighting rig. It was a huge hall, and I remember it. You know, it was that was really cool. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to wrestle in the Motherwell Hall. I can't remember the name of it, and that was really really cool because just the size and scope of it. And uh, but personally, to me, I was actually also lucky enough to uh, be in the ABC for ICW for a short appearance. And that was something else, just the, again, the size and scale of the ABC. Oh, rest in peace, ABC. But uh, my favourite, my, my favourite's got to be two different ones. It's got to be either, uh, I've completely forgot the name of it. It's not, I was going, I, I keep thinking Berniston now. It's uh, <laughs> Br- Bridgeton. Bridgeton, there we go. Uh, it was a Bridgeton uh, community hall where Pride Wrestling used to wrestle and then Source ran a little bit. And that was. Uh, it was like a really cosy wee venue, like it was a wee community hall, but it had like a wee kitchen beside it. It had a couple, tons of wee changing rooms, and it had a wee hall that you could sit in. And it was like, so the fan, like there was like fan seats for fans, and then there was a wee door, a wee glass door that you could sit at and just watch matches afterwards. And I just, I just loved that venue. But the Source Wrestling School's got to be my favourite one, just as a sentimental thing, and just it's one of my favourite places to do shows. So yeah, Source Wrestling's got like just. It's got to be my favourite one, like the school and the whole environment for on showcase or now origin shows are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the the atmosphere that's in there on those shows is brilliant. I, I enjoyed it when I was there the last time, and I I'm definitely looking forward to when we can next experience that. Yeah, I remember there was one venue in Deniston where I have no clue how, but it was the hottest venue I've ever been in like I think the I think the heating was like constantly on and I remember I was in a six a six way match against Matt Daly Sammy and a few others and I remember gen- like generally when I wasn't tagged in the match it was that hot I was lying down my head against the metal ring post to try and cool me down and oh it was dying and then the match after us was CK versus uh, the underdogs which is Scott McManus and Kieran Kelly and I just remember thinking poor Poor kid like us because he's wearing the full like bodysuit and mask and oh that venue I'm getting like flashbacks to it and out. <laughs> it's like he had an improbable flashback to Vietnam. Basically, I remember as soon as like I I was still trying to cool off, so I'm lying on the floor like when my you know my shorts are off, so it's me just in my kick pads, boots in my trunks. And I'm just lying there on the floor to try and get some of the cool, you know, off backstage. And Kid Lyco, like CCK finished their match, they came back and Kid Lyco's mask flies off and he's furiously unzipping the bodysuit just to try and get, you know, get out of this sweat for all of us. I'm sure everyone in Source, as soon as I mention that, just goes like, oh, because they remember how warm it was. That's like some PTSD that people didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad for the guys at wrestling mask. Like Solar was on that card as well, so poor him dealing with a mask in that heat. Oh, I would not like to try that. Who would you say is your favourite tag team of all time? Oh, I've given quite a wee bit of thought to this, but uh, I hate to I hate to choose one of the most obvious answers, but the Dudleys is one of my favourites. Uh, there's other f- absolutely fantastic teams like the Funks. I've been watching a lot of uh, the All Japan uh, tag tournaments from the 80s and 90s, and there's some fantastic ones in there. Uh, I've been watching a lot of like old school end like old school sort of southern wrestling with your NWA, your WCW, and all that. Like teams like the Fantastics, the Midnight Express. Uh, I've been watching a lot more, you know, Japanese wrestling because that's something I really like. I didn't watch much before, so even guys like Girls of Destiny are fantastic. The Holy Demon Army are great, uh, and then obviously there's guys like Young Bucks, which are fantastic. But at the end of the day, I've still got to go to Dudley's because they were my favourite as a kid, and honestly, they still probably are. You know, nothing wrong with going with those damn Dudleys. I always love it when they would say those damn Dudleys. Oh, and it's just I think as well because when I think back at when I think back to like when it. When I was younger and watching wrestling, I think the moments that really stick out to me was 
uh, things like when Bubba Ray was going that big spree when he was putting everyone through the tables, like that famous one where he powerbombed like, Mae Young off of the stage. Uh, obviously, Ring of Honor, not Ring of Honor, uh, Royal Rumble 2000 being a big one in my head. Oh, yeah. uh, and obviously, the big TLC matches sticking with everyone that's seen them, you know? Yeah, T- uh, TLC is just another brand of mayhem. Oh, God. Poor, poor guys have done it, but thank you for doing it. <laughs> And then you, and then you get obviously the, the like the stuff in TNA was really good as well, even though the booking was sometimes a bit sketchy. Like uh, their matches with machine guns, uh, the whole war against the, the X division was good, you know, and and even like I thought they had a gr- really good match with the Steiners in TNA, which might be a bit controversial to say, but that was a really good match. Until you mentioned that, I compl- I'd completely forgotten they had a match with them. <laughs> Yep, it was. It was. Oh, I can't remember. It was. It was during the time I remember because I think it was. Was it on Bravo or something? Like that? TNA. Yeah, they used to air it on Bravo, and then I think there was a wrestling channel on somewhere up near Sky Sports that they like, were broadcasting I, some episodes as well. Like I never had. Uh, I never had. Uh, like the wrestling channel, I remember hearing about it and going, "Oh my god, why did I miss out on this?" But uh, I remember. Uh, seen them Bravo, and I remember that being a bit because I was just discovering like YouTube at the time mm. and just discovering how to watch things online. And I remember because my about 2006, I wasn't I wasn't not watching wrestling, but I wasn't super as into it as what I was before. And I'd, I'd keep up with the results and I'd maybe watch a bits here and there, but I wasn't like religiously following it like I used to. And then it, watching TNA was really what helped me get back into it like at a time because you got and then I watched it religiously from about maybe 06 to about oh I'd say about 2011 2012 that's my, and that's that's when I got older and when I realised I don't have enough time to watch every programme of wrestling that's on it weekly but yeah team, like, oh, and then there's like teams like Beer Money and Motor City Machine Guns you know oh yes but yeah I'll stick with I'll stick with the Dudleys for now who would you say was your, if you were to pick one person as your main inspiration, not just like for getting into wrestling, but even now for where you want to go with this, who would you say is your biggest inspiration? That's, that's a hard one. Like, uh, I'm lucky to be in a, a place where I've got so many different aspir- inspirations. Like, like I said earlier, Sammy Callahan's interview about our wrestling really inspired me to first take up wrestling. Uh, and then my, my trainers were a big inspiration to me. People are people I train with are a big huge inspiration to me. You know, uh, when it comes to my like, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's really a huge, like there's like when it comes to my style. Obviously, like the wrestling, I kind of want to want to try and do state more style of. There's like you know, more of the like your Ric Flair's, your Terry Funk's, that sort of era and style. Of this sort of old that's the style I really like wrestling. So I guess they're big inspirations to me style wise. But I can't really think of anyone that's an overall inspiration. Like, I'm not, I can't really think of one. Like, my, obviously, my trainers are huge, you know, inspiration to me in my life as well. You know, like, uh, like Whippy being a fantastic coach and trainer and, you know, human being as well, helping me through a lot of stuff. And then the people I've, I train with inspire me every single day when I, you know, to push myself or, you know, just to be happy as well. You know, I'm very lucky to be in a place where I've got that many people you know uh, supporting me and then actually I actually have got one maybe not a wrestler but the biggest inspiration I've got is uh, is uh, my family if I can make my family proud of me which they tell me they already are but if I can make them more proud of me that's what, that's what inspires me to do everything that I do that is the best answer you could ever give to something like that there's no way you could even try and argue against it family will push you every single day because I was thinking I was like I was thinking there's not really I don't have I wasn't really thinking about I was trying to think what wrestlers inspire me like, or stories inspire me and I was like I can think of a couple but I'm sorry my dog's barking in the background <laughs> but my family's really the biggest inspiration and you know my fiance and hell with my dog you know just they're the things that get me out of bed this mo- in the morning and the guys at Source as well you know they all inspire me every single day in my life to push myself and make myself do things maybe out of my comfort zone or make, or push myself to do things that you know to improve myself yeah they're the only reason I get out of bed in the morning 
And lastly, who would you say is your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, oh, it's <laughs> a loaded question. But you know, you could go with some of the great, the all-time greats. You could go with someone who's a bit more underrated. You could say Ric Flair. You could say Kane. You could say Stone Cold Steve Austin. You could say Hulk Hogan. I think I'll go with Matt Daly. Matt Daly is my favorite wrestler ever. <laughs> the man with. Uh, one of the best entrance themes I've ever heard mm-hmm. which he, he made that entrance to his wedding you're joking that entrance music was his ed- was him walking down the aisle at his wedding was uh, <laughs> and I have not and my fiance well, was red trying not to laugh <laughs> and and again he's like yep so Matt is my favorite wrestler there we go confirmed 100% Sorry, I'm just trying to add the fact that he he played his theme at the wedding. <laughs> oh, I, I, all the uh, everyone had entrance music: the uh, groomsmen, the uh, the bridesmaids, Sammy herself. But uh, every, like, it was weird because you can t- the wrestlers were loving it, and then you could see everyone else in the family going like, "What? I don't quite understand." Because my, my favorite bit is Matt was waiting for his music to play. <laughs> You know, like how wrestlers are wait behind the curtain going like, right, my music's a bit of play, right? Yeah. Go, there we go. So <laughs> <laughs> right. it's, it's the only wedding with a gorilla position. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Matt Dillon's my favourite wrestler. Manlon, thank you very, very much for taking part in this interview. It was an absolute treat to talk to you once again. Thank you very much for having me. And yeah, again, all I can say is thank you. That's, it was a pleasure. Thank you for giving us your time and on a lovely Friday evening you've been listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet I'm Daniel Campbell he has been the king of the streets Manlin thank you very much and we'll catch you all later see yous listen cunts I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now